All right, welcome to the second episode of Good Men, the fastest growing Rhode Island-based podcast. One of Providence's council members wants the city to burn. Then she wants to exile every Providence police officer from city limits. A serious proponent of the abolish the police movement. Why does councilwoman Kat Kerwin desire more mayhem, more violence? For the most part, we've been watching what this chaos looks like across the country on our screens. Why does this Democrat want to bring it home? Why does she want to import it to the city of Providence? We're going to talk about radicals, not extremists, but radical revolutionaries setting up shop inside the Democratic Party. Let's go take a look. Here is a book that I think ought to be in every home library. You see, a woman who is single at age 40, having spent 10 or 20 years raising children, is really not quite the same as a man of age 40 who's been working continuously for 20 years. This should be the show. This is the show. What? But it's clear through these tapes, it's clear through Planned Parenthood's own numbers, that they're not about health care, they're about abortion. That's the thing. Look at this lead pencil. There's not a single person in the world who could make this pencil. Remarkable statement? Not at all. You are a liar. Radical meaning not just extreme politics, what they believe in, but how far they're willing to go to win, to win elections. And thuggery, lying and cheating and stealing are things that they've proven over and over again no, they that they're willing to do. Right, we mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence, and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. You're black or you're white, you're Latino or you're transsexual, or you're homosexual, or whatever. You're a group. You're a member of a group. The British government wasn't stabbing us in the gut with, uh, with bayonets. They were oppressing us with taxes and regulations. That's what we meant by tyranny 250 years ago. I want the people of America to be able to work less for the government and more for themselves. This is the chief meaning of freedom. I think we're talking across purposes. Eternal law is the mind of God. The natural law is a participation in eternal law or a reflection of it. All that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. See if you can be some kind of hero make the suffering in the world less. This is the show, and we're not gonna change. All right, welcome to Good Men, your host, Travis Rowley. And so as you heard in the opening, we're going to examine Providence Councilwoman Kat Kerwin and some recent controversies, one in particular surrounding this Democrat. LaSalle graduate onto the University of Wisconsin and now a distinguished councilwoman of a major New England city. And I've been meaning to cut up this audio for a while now. It's, um, it was Tara Granahan's interview on WPRO with Kerwin from this past summer concerning an incident at Fortnite Wine Bar. Now, Fortnite you might not know, is the establishment that used to sit a block away from City Hall and whose owners during the, uh, what would you call, uh, the George Floyd riots in Providence, that anti-police protests slash riots, they're the ones who walked a block away from their establishment to City Hall and spray painted ACAB, A-C-A-B on the outside of City Hall and they were caught. 
And we'll get back to that, the fact that they were caught. Um, just like walked down the street in graffiti City Hall, a Providence business owner. Um, anyway, since then, it's, it's also been pointed out that not only did they have an ACAB sign in their own bar window, but another sign instructs people to kill police officers. And wait, so let's be precise. Let's be precise here because this will probably be, they'll probably be upset and I want to be a fair host. The sign actually says, kill a cop with your mind or kill the cop in your head or something because they're so clever. Either way, I, I just, I guess that's the less version of decency and toning down the rhetoric, as they say. Because, you know, it's Donald, it's Donald Trump who's guilty of degrading our political dis discourse, right? I mean, just, let's just stop for a second and point out, again, that leftists are the most bigoted people on the planet. While the accusation is always being discharged in this direction, you know, the conservatives are the worst people on the planet, like, racist, religious bigots, uneducated, sexist, homophobic, the deplorables. It turns out, and many of you know, leftists are just the most hateful people in the universe. And they get away with it. Why? Because they hate the right people. They hate cops, capitalists, white men, rich people, Christians, obviously, conservatives. You know, anyone who deviates from their outlook. So any, anyone who doesn't like tattoo Black Lives Matter on their forehead, basically. So let's, let's just put that to bed. We know who the true bigots are around here. But in relation to that point, it, I, I think it's interesting also to point out that Fortnite seems to be one of Councilwoman Kerwin's favorite watering holes, where she hangs out. It's a very like low-key natural wine bar. <laughs> That's her, by the way. Listen. It's a very, like, low-key, natural wine bar. All right. That's um, Good Men's first soundbite of the day. We, we, and we'll get into a lot more of them. That's um, Kerwin uh, describing Fortnite Wine Bar, uh, her favorite establishment in downtown Providence. Um, we'll get back to it. For now, let's observe that in the midst of all this cancel culture, Remember I said, we're going to get back to them being caught spray painting City Hall. At a time when you can make the wrong retweet, like from like seven years ago, and have liberals and progressives and Democrats start organizing a boycott against your business or get you fired. For some reason, however, this business suffers no such hostility from the left. No, instead, Fortnite seems to be like another one of those Providence hangouts. I don't know if you've ever you know what type of place I'm talking about. There's more than several of them, uh, probably in every major city. Sort of hang out for like these chic radicals, including Kerwin. In fact, Kerwin is, is such a fan that she felt compelled to confront Providence police officers who showed up at Fortnite in response to a noise complaint around 10 p.m. one night this past summer. You know, and she escalated the incident to a point of contention, so much so that it ended up kind of hitting the news wires for all of us to digest. And I, I think the story is important because I'm not so sure everyone received the correct analysis of what occurred and, and other certain episodes surrounding the councilwoman. I, I want everyone to digest all of this appropriately to study the shape of the mind, so to speak, of Kerwin. There's nothing really special about her, as you'll find out very soon, other than she happens to be one of the more outspoken 
activist type politicians injecting herself into controversy. She has no problem going on radio and defending herself and opening up her mind for all of us to see, which gives us insight into the progressive agenda. And that's why I'm doing this. I think once you listen to her, particularly on Granahan's show and the body cam footage that we have sound bites from, you'll understand better why conservatives are on the front lines of the free speech movement. We want these people talking. And actually speaking of free speech, it just so happens that Kerwin made the news again just last week, which is what sort of triggered me to finally record a show on this. Um, so after one of these Providence BLM protesters assaulted a cameraman recently, Kerwin opined that Black Lives Matter protesters shouldn't be filmed by the media with, quote, without their consent, she says. You know, why? Like, what justifies this violation of an open society and the First Amendment and all that? She says, quote, these protesters are young, working class, BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C, Black Indigenous Persons of Color. You, you, you can't even keep up with their acronyms. When they, she says, when they are filmed without consent, their livelihoods are in danger, she says. They risk their jobs and becoming police targets. How about journalists show empathy in reporting instead of getting clickbait story at expense of black lives? Okay, so she's one of these people who still thinks cops hunt black people. She really does believe that. Or BIPOCs. Um, and that there shouldn't be any consequences for your actions, that the danger for minorities presented by law enforcement is so imminent that even reporters should forego their constitutional rights and sort of pick a side, she's suggesting. Kerwin's side, of course. You know, and she's not out of step with other left-wing radicals. I mean, several weeks ago, Portland rioters maybe more than several weeks ago I saw this story, uh, they shut down the videotaping as well, or they attempted to, you know. So no big surprise there, like leftists want less video, less authentic recordings. Because everywhere these people go, they, they want to control the information, the campus, the media, which is why they go into these mediums to begin with. So before we even get to what happened at Fortnite. A little biographical information. Who is Caddy Kerwin? Well, she wants to abolish the police. Abolish, yes. Another Democrat who quickly embraced the latest madness. You know, in case you think I'm exaggerating or taking her out of context, you're, or you're one of these people who thinks abolish the police doesn't mean abolish the police. Here, here you go. Let's see here. Here's Julia Rock reporting from the ground. I mean, like speaking directly to the activist network, Kerwin's pals. Despite what the Providence Journal might say, defunding the police means abolishing the police for these activists and Kerwin. Okay, so Rock reports that the activists believe taking money from the police department and giving it to PARA, which PARA is the, the civilian oversight board in Providence, was, quote, an important short-term move for the defund movement. Okay, now quoting one of, the, one of the activists here, quote, defunding the police and abolition is the next step. It's the logical next step. The goal was always abolition, unquote. You know, and this report goes on. At least two city councilors, Rachel Miller and Kat Kerwin, have said they support defunding the police. Kerwin also tweeted that she supports disbanding the police. And when asked on Twitter whether 
he would stand with Kerwin in her call to defund. Newly sworn in councilperson John Goncalves replied, Yup. Okay. You starting to get the picture. Kerwin. Kerwin is also big on legalizing prostitution. She was the councilwoman who defended the people who defaced the Columbus, Christopher Columbus statue this year in downtown Providence. You know, she earned a headline for that. You'll notice Kerwin, she really likes people who vandalize public property. She, uh, she also escalated, that's right, she escalated a situation in Providence College last spring when the students decided to ignore Governor Raimondo's social distancing rules in the form of an all-day like block party on campus or off campus. And you know, it was two months into the lockdowns and the kids were itching to party. Inappropriate, selfish, maybe, fair enough. There's an argument to be made there. But being the devout progressive that she is, Councilwoman Kerwin blamed the racism of the students and the entire university actually for their behavior. Racism, again. You know, we could actually do an entire episode on her altercation with Providence College, and you know, maybe we will. No time for it if we want to try to keep all these, you know, to 30, 45 minutes, um, as I'm going to try to do. Now, if you go back several years to Kerwin's days of college activism, we learned that she organized a protest called Cox Not Glocks. Cox Not Glocks, meaning penises, not guns. But that doesn't rhyme, so you know, you go with cocks on glocks if you're an astute left-wing activist on campus. Here's the, here's the report. The conservative student group Young Americans for Freedom invited pro-gun activist, journalist, and author Katie Pavlich, you know, from Fox News, Pavlich, to speak at UW's Psychology Building Tuesday night. Young Americans for Freedom chair Abby Strew says the group invited her to bring an often not heard viewpoint to campus. Pavlich will discuss firearms and self-defense at the event titled Trigger Warning, the Second Amendment and Your Self-Defense. It's really important that we discuss this and we have narratives flowing so that a bunch of different ideas can be determined and people can make up their own minds, Strew said. But some students, there it comes, are protesting against her ideology. The protest is titled, quote, Cox not Glocks. And the protest was organized by UW student Kat Kerwin. She says at the protest they will be wielding sex toys. Kerwin says it's ridiculous that people find sex toys on campus offensive, but not the possibility of allowing guns on campus. So it's like true university level genius here. Quote, we're seeing a lot of you know, we're seeing a lot more speakers be invited to campus that are hate speakers in some respect and just promoting ideologies that are not necessarily there to start an intellectual debate, but more to divide campus, Kerwin said. Uh, so there's not enough time to get into this, although I'm dying to. <laughs> what am I trying to demonstrate though before we get into what happened at Fortnite? She's a progressive. She's a creature of the left. And she's in her young 20s. And if you're going to use that, and I think some people do, as a reason to dismiss her antics, you'd be foolish to do that. Because here, here's the thing. Kerwin seems to be a product of the modern university. She is a radical, a progressive democratic radical. Not, not an extremist, although she's probably that too, but a, a radical. And the difference is important. 
extremism, and not everyone uses the term appropriately all the time. It doesn't necessarily impart a positive characterization, obviously, when you call someone an extremist. It's usually meant to insult someone or define them in a negative way by painting them dangerously outside the mainstream. You know, so libertarians might be considered extreme, fine. But there's nothing radical about them. I've been called an extremist. You know, I lean hard right, sort of libertarian on many fronts. So you won't see me characterized as being in the middle, the precious middle of the political spectrum. Fine, fine. We can talk about what the middle means some other time. But radical? No. When we say radical, there's a connection to tactics and ethics here what they're willing to do. A radical wants to burn it down. And usually without any concern for what to replace it with. Abolish the police and how quickly that caught on within the democratic ranks is probably the most recent and one of the best examples here. And I know there's been a lot of attempts at rationalizing and explaining away this new leftist slogan, but, but that's all that is. It's a bunch of Democrats covering up for their radical base. We're also witnessing sort of that second wave of radicalism now, like the Elon Omars and the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez types. Kerwin is this type. These are the ones who turn around one day and slaughter their revolutionary predecessors. They're the spoiled offspring in a sense. You think about AOC bringing those young activists to the door of Nancy Pelosi's office. You know, banging on her door and they're going to harass the, the leader of her, their own party. Or the left-wing activists taunting her at, the, at, at their own democratic rallies over immigration policy. Or these liberal deans and professors being run off campus by current undergrads, like 19-year-olds screaming at them. These liberal deans and professors. But why is this happening? Because the second wave is here to cash the check. It's not, it's not unlike what Martin Luther King once said regarding the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Some of you might be familiar with this, that those documents laid out certain values and ideas. And MLK spoke in Washington at one point and said this. Hold on. I did get it prepared. Printed it out. Martin Luther King, we have come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. It's the same thing with the Democrats' second wave here. These people were told their entire lives by Democrats that everyone's racist, that the other side is racist. The nation was founded on genocide, and that the earth is melting. Well, do you believe it's melting or not? Well, here's the Green New Deal. Sign it. Do you believe in institutional racism or not? Then, then abolish the police. What are you waiting for? These are people told over and over and over again that they are 
special little elites because, you know, they got like a liberal arts degree. And that guy's just a plumber. And your parents and your grandmother, sweet as they are, and, and you love them, they just don't know. I mean, they go to church. How smart could they be? You think, I mean, I'm not kidding. That's, that's the outlook of the modern American radical right now. And aging Democrats never anticipated that one day they'd show up to cash in. And the most important thing to remember about the radical is that he's a liar. And there are outright lies. And then there's more sophisticated forms of deception. And it's, it's no surprise that Kerwin wants the press not to film her friends as they protest slash riot on the streets of Providence. Or that she was a proponent of the anti-free speech activism on her former campus. Shutting down academic debate is a form of dishonesty. It's totalitarian dishonesty. And you only find that on the left. And you, you find it often with their hardcore command of political correctness. But agitation is another form of deception where someone in fact craves conflict, actually seeks to create it. So he can create another video out of context, post to Twitter in order to mobilize the masses. And we saw this last year at the Central Falls prison complex with A. A. Ron Regenberg, who wanted all the illegal alien prisoners released. Remember this? He was comparing the officers like the prison guards to Nazi, to Nazis at Auschwitz. One night, one night he and the protesters, like they barricade the road and they refused to let traffic go by into the parking lot because they wanted to manufacture an incident. And they got what they wanted. They got one guard to finally lose his cool. And that's all it took for Regenberg to go on social media and TV with footage intended to demonstrate how cruel and evil the prison guards were. If they'll assault us outside, imagine what they're doing to the brown people inside the prison. I, I kid you not, that's what they said. I mean, like, talk about propaganda 101. Then, you know, Regenberg, Regenberg goes on national television with a, with a pouty face and says, oh, you know, we're just like this harmless Jewish community singing our ancient songs when the Nazi assaulted us. Don't you see how cruel these people are? And we could do a whole show on that garbage. You know, maybe, maybe we will. That's actually, that's actually a good one because that's, that's illuminating as well. It's infuriating if you're someone who pays close attention because you feel icky and like as depraved as they are for associating with the, the petty lies they tell and trying to unpackage it, it all for everybody. But you want to explain it to people what the truth really is. And these are professional liars we're talking about. So you, got, so you got to keep up with them. So when Kerwin was defending herself for calling Providence College students racist, she tried to score points by pointing out that the entire episode began by, well, remember, the students threw a party that violated Ramondo's distancing orders and someone who objected to what they were doing criticized them. And in response to that criticism, one student told that person to go fall down a flight of stairs, quote, unquote. Go fall down a flight of stairs, lady. So Kerwin, Kerwin has to defend herself at some point because calling the students in Providence College in general racist became the controversy. So she kind of gathers her feet, gets her feet under her, and she puts out this statement. She says, 
In the week leading up to Saturday, I had been notified that students were congregating on their front lawns in groups far larger than five-person gathering limit. One local publication even reported that when a community member questioned students who were gathering, she was told to fall down the stairs. So, um, I mean, why, why put that in your statement? I mean, it's obvious why. It's just it's like this lame attempt to begin defending yourself by, by trying to portray the other side as holy and decent or something. The people you called racist, let me set this up. This is the type of, pe this is the type of people they are because they said something that was equivalent to screw you or buzz off or like go play in traffic. Again, just like, attempting to move public sentiment in her favor sort of get the audience to forget for a moment what the issue actually is. You publicly called everyone racist for some reason and we're all here to find out why. And then suddenly we're focused on something mean that like one student said. And I remembered this about Kerwin during the Fortnite controversy, where the cops show up around 10 o'clock at night at the bar because someone complained about the loud music that was coming from the club. Kerwin, being close friends with the cop-hating owners, approaches one of the officers and attempts to usurp their authority, like pull rank over them, which doesn't, which doesn't go well for her. The police sort of brush her aside and ignore her, which really just like set her off. And at one point she actually grabs the badge number or something and steps away to call the chief. Seriously, like, but Chief Clements doesn't answer her call, which is hilarious. And you can't, just because you can imagine the chief like looking at his cell phone at 10 o'clock at night, councilwoman, Cat wants to abolish my entire force, Kerwin is calling. And um, Granahan actually asks her about this. So, you know, what did the chief say when, uh, when you called him? The chief didn't answer. Yeah, you, <laughs> what, wait, what did the chief say? The chief didn't answer. Yeah, because that's, that's 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 a call that you screen. But what led up to that? And we're gonna let we're gonna let the councilwoman kind of unfold the story in her own words. Yeah, sure. So I went over there, and immediately the the police officer wasn't listening to me. He didn't. I kept being like, "Hey," I tried first being like, "Hey, I'm a council person," and he just wouldn't listen to me until I had to get, you know, demand authority and be like, "Hello, I'm a council person. Listen to me. Like, what are you doing?" Because it was so so ridiculous that you know, like they were literally just playing music, and maybe okay, so it was a noise complaint. So, this girl, what a child. Maybe it was a noise complaint. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was. You don't know anything. She's just an anti-cop bigot. At one point, she's expressing how she can't understand why multiple units might show up to a place that has anti-police signage in their windows. It's so ridiculous, she thought. Anyway, when one officer tries to explain why they're there, that there was a noise complaint, and Fortnite doesn't have an entertainment license, to begin with, this is what happens. Just give me a sec. This is what happens. You, like, if the music comes back on, it's not gonna come we, back we, on. We, we don't care necessarily. But the yeah. fact is, someone called and complained. Yeah. Whether people live above here or they not. They live downtown. They can fucking get over it. Okay, it's well, ridiculous. then you can explain that to them. I mean, yeah, like, they call. All right. They can effing get over it. And that's the statement that got her in trouble 
for the most part when the story broke and the body cam footage was released. That's basically what made this all a headline. And, and you know, I don't know. I mean, sounds a lot to me like these people making the noise complaint, why don't you go tell them to fall down a flight of stairs or something? You see, I'm just mentioning this because nobody plays the drama queen quite like a progressive Democrat. They're not offended by harsh language or telling someone to fall down a flight of stairs or whatever it might be. Everything that comes out of their mouth is garbage. Right down to this little double standard she retains for herself here. Because their only principle is political power. Holding constant moral double standards, these political theatrics, is a form of deception itself. If it wasn't for double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. And you know, I don't want to spend too much time dissecting every tiny deception she employed here because there are quite a few, but I think it's relevant to let you know that Kerwin's primary defense of herself can be summed up by basically her insistence that the police only showed up to Fortnite that night for political reasons. You know, because there's a sign in the window that criticizes them, that calls all of them bastards, another one that instructs people to kill them. Kerwin sort of had a hunch that there was no noise complaint, or even if there was one, the cops were just using it as an excuse to harass them because they're all bastards. The problem is that when you watch the body cam footage, you're, you're witnessing a professional, non-confrontational encounter. The cops have this calm, polite demeanor the entire time. So Kerwin's account just doesn't fly. In fact, one cop was explaining to the owner at one point on the body cam footage, listen, this could be a $500 fine. You've got no license. Someone's complaining. But instead, listen, just turn it off. We're just asking that you turn it off, and we'll get out of here. So I guess not all cops are bastards. But progressive activist that she is, Kerwin's aim is always to portray herself as the victim rather than a perpetrator. That's why she kept insisting that, on Tara's show anyway, that it's not a club, the music wasn't that loud, it was coming out of a laptop, the whole thing was ridiculous, that it's really just like a quiet wine bar, it's not a club, so the cops were there to harass us, can't you see that? That's her, that's her story. And I want you to listen to her. Thank you so much for having me. I got to correct you really quick. Um, sure. You called Fortnite a club. Uh, it's a natural wine bar. They don't serve alcohol. It's very small. It's certainly not a club. It's a very like low-key natural wine bar. Um, and okay. they weren't playing loud music on the night um, that this happened. It was literally coming out of a laptop. So it was music just loud enough for people on the sidewalk to hear, really. So I just wanted well, you to can, clarify. You can hear the, oh, story. that's okay. That's okay. You can hear the music, though, on the video, right? You can hear it. It's pretty loud. You guys are shouting. Yeah. Okay. It's not loud. It, it definitely wasn't what I would call loud music. All right. So it's not a bar. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's not a bar. First of all, first of all, What's this natural wine bar buy stuff? Like natural wine bar? She repeats it several times during the interview. Natural wine bar. It's a natural wine. Isn't wine made out of grapes? The wine I'm drinking, it's, it's not natural. 
natural wine bar. Just give me a break. You can just sense the trendy, faddish, snobbish, like sophisticated pose just oozing right out of her voice. <laughs> I can see you're just correcting someone in a conversation who refers to Fortnite as a wine bar. Excuse me. It's a natural wine bar. So, so there's that. Anyway, think about this. Because this is the point. These people have a sign in their window that calls every Providence cop a bastard. And another one that, I don't know what to call it at this point, but at minimum is so hateful toward cops that it can only inspire anti-police action, like including the murder of officers. You know, Providence police testified to the fact that when they drive by Fortnite, insults are thrown at them. Now, people who do things like this Ask yourself, like, do they seem afraid? Do they seem afraid of police officers to you? Do they seem frightened of cops? Because according to Kerwin, it's scary. Like, they're, like they're terrified. They're shaking in their boots at the sight of flashing lights when they show up. They are literally armed, she says at one point. <laughs> really, if you're so terrified of police, why do you openly and continuously taunt them? That doesn't seem very consistent to me. Nevertheless, here we go. Correct, I did say that. It was really scary because basically what happened is when they pulled up on the scene, and Fortnite is a bar that is very vocally um, supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement and the defund the police movement. Mm -hmm. And it was it was really like scary when this all happened because it was so unwarranted, the police response. Like, you know, there was at one point like multiple police cars and like seven police officers, armed officers pulling up to what, as I said, was, you know, like music being played out of a laptop, you know? So I was like, everyone there was like, literally like viscerally like reacting ne negatively because it was so scary. Ugh. They're not afraid. They're social justice warriors. Kerwin and company know what everyone else knows that cops typically show incredible levels of restraint that most of us aren't even capable of. That's why they're able to scream at them when they drive by, get up in their face and taunt them at these BLM rallies, hang public signs in their window that celebrate their demise. The owners of Fortnite and their, and their customers for that matter, including Kat Kerwin, are terrible people. They're agitators. They're not the victims, they're the perpetrators. They're professional liars. Their entire ongoing pose is to harass and vilify the province police. And Tara Granahan does a great job just by letting one of them speak you she's a black woman female cop and she said i can't go by this place they scream all she told you that on camera they scream all kinds of threats to me so we have to show I up mean, in numbers we can't just show up one or two because we might get jumped or whatever i mean do you do you I not mean, see both sides ridiculous. 
No, that's a ridiculous response. Police are literally armed. And also, the Fortnite owners have had multiple run-ins with the police where the police have yelled despicable things to them on their street. And, And this is an example. The police are trying to intimidate them because they put out signs like this. They take the bait every single time because the police cannot help themselves but the police take the bait like this. the police yeah. take the bait well then they're then they're being yeah. antagonized is what you're saying no they're antagonizing what do you mean by take the bait if they took the bait that means somebody launched the bait right don't lose me no. here no i hear what you're saying but no they take the bait in the sense that they are angry about someone like out about injustice and so they need to harass them further and it's despicable but i don't want to get away from my main point <laughs> yeah quickly change the topic cat they take the bait this woman this democrat is a punk remember i mentioned on the last podcast episode that i'm a big fan of understanding who the agitators are who's always starting it you know like Kerwin was clearly out of line. She's trying to pull rank on these officers who were just doing their job. And she, she came across like a jerk. And that was the thrust behind this story. She was a jerk to the cops. So the body cam footage was released to demonstrate for everyone what she put these cops through that night. But she's not the first politician to try to get a friend off the hook or act too big for her britches. That's not the story here. We could discuss her immaturity and her elitist outlook how inappropriate it was for her to get involved, to inject herself into another episode, just elevate it to a place that it didn't have to go. That was the talk of the town after this happened. But there's something way more important to take away from all this. Who is she? No, what is she? What is she? What does she represent? And again, this is why we want these people talking. Let them go. Kerwin's big mouth is a blessing. Who, it was uh, Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart, who told everyone, just take your phones out. They're never going to stop telling everyone what a horrible person you are. So just film them. Show the world who they really are. People will figure it out. When people are ugly on the inside, their voice is the gateway to that. Like By all means, like flap away. And this... This is where I'm ultimately going with all this. The last thing Kerwin attempts to do, what she was just about to do that you were listening to on Granahan's show is deflect, to turn attention away from her embarrassment and use the airwaves to get everyone to instead focus on an incident surrounding a Sergeant Hanley. Apparently this Providence officer is accused of punching a suspect, a black suspect last spring while the suspect was already handcuffed. So excessive force, abuse of power, The racial optics are terrible, obviously. It's all there. And it's all caught, apparently, on body cam footage. That's the rumor, anyway. So Hanley had been suspended, and there was, or still is, an active investigation. It's in the hands of the process, you know? Due process. Not that leftists care anymore about such institutions, particularly when it comes to police misconduct misconduct these days. So, again, here's, here's Kerwin. 
honestly, like, at the end of the day, I don't think anyone needs to be talking about this. I think at the end of the day, what we need to be talking about is why real body cam footage, like the Sergeant Hanley body cam footage, hasn't been released because that's what's absolutely mind-boggling to me is that we're on the phone talking about, you know, a petty political issue like this, and we're not talking about a real investigation that the community deserves to see the footage from. All right, let me let me put that aside because I, I... Okay. And she persists in that several times. Please listen. And it's under investigation. And the police know they can't release it because it is so bad that people will be in the streets. And they don't want it, another George Floyd moment. And the reality is, if they say we would never have a George Floyd moment in Providence and they will not release this video, then they cannot in good conscience believe that we would not have a George Floyd moment. And that's really what makes me so upset. And People will be in the streets. They don't want another George Floyd moment. Well, who, who does? This conversation is taking place summer 2020 when the kindling was lit red hot. We were in the wake of our own anti-police riots in Providence. Who in their right mind would want a potentially inflammatory clip on the internet at this moment in the midst of violent unrest across the country to be released to the public that will, according to Kerwin, have people in the streets. This isn't me saying it. This is Kerwin, a sitting council member, predicting the outcome of the release of the Hanley footage. It would be another George Floyd moment. People will be in the streets. Well, what did that look like in Minneapolis where the George Floyd moment took place? Oh, just like the destruction of the city. This is the desire of a councilwoman? Now think back, what, what else constitutes Kerwin's deepest wishes? Oh, that's right, the abolition of the police. And what else occurred in Minneapolis? Oh, that's right, enough burning, looting, mayhem, amounted to enough political pressure that the city council unanimously voted to defund the Minneapolis Police Department. And other cities, with their democratically dominated city councils, followed suit. So going back to, what's her name? Julia Rock's report. The Abolish the Police activists believe, quote, some city councilors might start to budge given the momentum of the current moment, unquote. This is how Kerwin gets her ultimate victory over the Providence cops that she clearly holds in contempt. By burning down, excuse me, because that's not what happens. They get other people to burn down the capital city for them. People that are in the streets. Kat Kerwin is not a statesman. She's a radical democratic activist. At the drop of a hat, she would set Providence on fire in order to collect the political capital needed to disband the Providence Police Department. Leaving her constituents to live at the mercy of Providence's violent criminals. You know, because she cares so much about them.
And so here's the point. She's not unique, unfortunately. She's, Kat Kerwin is emblematic of what has happened to the Democratic Party. And I'm not trying to unseat her. It's not my game at all anymore. <laughs> Providence is unsalvageable at this point. Democrats destroyed the capital city a long time ago. It's gone. The finances cannot be shored up. There isn't a child who can read in the school system. The business climate is toast. But I'm certain she'll be reelected, you know, I, you know, because she really hates global warming and stuff. There aren't any Republican voters left in Providence with the wisdom to see Kerwin for what she truly is. So she'll probably climb the ranks of the Democratic network over the years. That's where this, this party is. They celebrate savages like Kerwin now. So she'll be around for a while. Perfect. More material for us. Which means there's more to come. And this is your host, Travis Rowley. And right now, this good man has got to go. It's a very, like, low-key, natural wine bar. Natural wine bar. It's a very, like, low-key, natural wine bar.